There's no fat version of The Bachelor. There's no room for that kind of conversation. So like, of course, you and I have these kinds of doubts. Of course, that person you were talking about was like, oh, I can never be with him. And also, God damn it, we have to figure out how to break out of this. You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find out Mopad. how to do life. Mopad. But it turns out Mopad. nobody knows Mopad. I'm chatting to you from a train station. I'm not going to say which one, <laughs> but the most important piece of information is that it's the wrong one. Not only is it the wrong train station, it is also the wrong time. So I confused uh, 2 p.m. with 6 p.m. and I confused the station with a station that is approximately 45 minutes away. So I don't know if this is a normal brain thing or if it's my brain thing, but I think sometimes when when there's when I don't know what to do. So right now I, I don't know if I should should I go have lunch? Should I go back home? I have a huge fucking suitcase. Should I go back home for a few hours? Should I? Which is a lot of carrying a bag up and down stairs and in and out of cars and stuff. Or should I go to this other station and wait for four hours? Should I stay here and wait for four hours and then go to the station? And then my brain does this thing of going. No, not not doing it, not making a decision, shutting down, goodbye. And that means that I'm now just standing on a platform, the wrong platform, <laughs> the wrong time with a huge suitcase. And I have sort of just um, stopped, stopped thinking, stopped acting. So instead I thought maybe I will record the intro for uh, the UFA Friend Part 2 episode which I'm very excited about, and I know you will... you like the first part, you'll love the second part. <laughs> if you've not heard the first part, I would start with that. If you are meeting someone in a station uh, at a specific time, make sure you get the right station and time. It's, it's, this is all just, you know, life hacks and good pieces of advice from me to you, which is I know what you appreciate getting on this podcast. Solid life advice from someone who cannot read times or places uh, I mean there's a lot I mean I spent the night in a hotel in a penthouse suite because I was desperate to get a very specific color scheme 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 for a photo shoot so I found this a very beautiful hotel called Exhibitionist Hotel. It's not an ad. I've not been paid. I pay for the room, so it's not an ad. But it was very pretty. So took from my photo shoot budget and paid for this fancy room. Got the amazing makeup artist uh, Sherry Rendell there and the amazing photographer Matt Crockett. And just had this planned for about 10 different photos. And then when we came, we did the first two. And the first two happened to be with a backdrop, so not really relevant to the hotel and then suddenly it was around 10 p.m. and uh, we'd not used the room at all so we sort of tried one of the chairs but we don't it didn't really look that amazing so uh, I basically I paid a lot of money for a penthouse suite for absolutely no reason when we could have booked a studio for 500 oh that's because I uh, I always translate convert money into Danish krona in my head so I was about to say 500 krona which is 50 pounds uh, I don't know why I still do that. I've lived here for six, seven years. But anyways, I spent a lot of money on a suite. So I stayed in a suite. And you know what I learned? And this is not beautiful. Uh, I, Because I knew I was in the suite, because I knew I was in the penthouse suite, my instincts were to be a bit more messy. And that's fucked up. And of course, I was not more messy than I usually am. But I could just feel like... a you know, we needed some strawberries for the shoot. And my instinct was to call reception and be like, bring me strawberries. Like I'm Caesar? Was, did you do that? <laughs> so, I don't know, I was just thinking Roman, as if I was a Roman empress. Yeah, I like that one better. 
And I was like, I've never, I could never, I would, I've never just called, you know, a hotel to be like, bring me stuff. Like I'm some kind of king visiting the British. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know what I'm saying. You know the stories of like the Herods, like Herods in London. There's a story about um, some king from some country going to see Herods. And then they say to him, we can get you absolutely anything you want. We can bring you anything you want. And then this king says, I want an elephant. And then they say, Indian or African. And that's like, oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa, snap. That's so cool. Anyways, I felt like I was that king in this hotel. But then I went to Tesco's and bought some strawberries myself. Well, I just, I think there's a, my point, I think, is that, um, I think, my theory is, having money makes you a bit of a dick. I think it affects you, even if you are, like me, actually, like, pretty much Jesus, in terms of goodness, right? Like, I'm such, just like the best person in the world, I think we all can all agree, and yet, even I, even I was soiled by uh, not even being rich, after I paid for that room, I was definitely not rich. But because I was in a position of uh, that a rich person would be in, I was tempted to be a dickhead. So imagine actually being rich, living in suites, you know, <laughs> making it to stations on time, things that rich people do. Maybe, um, maybe no one should have more money than anyone else. What's that? Communism. <laughs> what? On this uh, far-right podcast? <laughs> Whoa. What a weird situation. Right, so I don't have anything with me. I don't have dates or anything. So I find it hard to kind of plug things because I'm just standing in the station, the wrong station, at the wrong time. But I do know that I am definitely going on tour. I'm going on tour in April, May, June on a stand-up and book tour where I'll be doing my show from 2015, Bubble Rap, which is about boy bands and body image. And then I will be doing a book performance, book reading, book Q&A, and then I will be signing books afterwards. That whole tour is in, I think, Colchester, Cardiff, um, Cambridge, Exeter, Norwich, London, Salford, Leeds, I want to say Newcastle, what am I forgetting? A lot of places, go check it out on my website. I will be in Denmark on the 8th and 10th of April, uh, Copenhagen and Aarhus. Aarhus is uh, not sold out, Copenhagen is about at this moment about 30 tickets from selling out so do get them in uh, in time because once I saw that I'm not it's my last show I'm not doing more shows in Denmark uh, but oh you can come to Aarhus please come to Aarhus I have a podcast called Secret Dinosaur Cult I really hope you've already listened and that you like it it's like a queer trauma uh, queerness trauma non-binary comedy podcast and it's also about dinosaurs I think you will love it. It's with me and Jodie Mitchell, who, of course, has done the podcast once before, and we'll do it again soon. Um, Patreon, it's like a news thing, not news thing, a new thing, where now if you become a patron, you get a special little extra snippet where I ask the guests six questions at the end of the episode, uh, which is patron only. Questions like, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Uh, do you have a life hack? Do you have a recommendation for any kind of culture, podcasts, movie thing? And uh, do you have an unpopular opinion? Which so far has been like, oh, <laughs> that is really unpopular. <laughs> you, you should be happy this was not on the main podcast. So if you give anything from a dollar per episode to a million dollars per episode, you get that. If you give more than a million per episode, oh, good on you. Please, please do that so I can buy the station and just demand that the right trains go from it. So, that is probably all for now. What else am I doing? Oh, Edinburgh. I will be in Edinburgh with my new show, The Bum Swing, which have some very beautiful photos, <laughs> none of which are relevant to the hotel it was at. What is wrong with me? So, come to Edinburgh. The tickets are already on sale. It's called The Bum Swing. I'll be at the Queen Dome at 7 p.m. That is all I think I need to plug for. Oh, book shit. I have a book. Please buy my book. It's called Happy Fat. It's about why it's okay to be fat. You can pre order it now. It'll be out on May 2nd. And now I will let you listen to the second. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I will now let you listen to the second episode 
uh, the second part of uh, Your Fat Friend, who's absolutely amazing. Listen to it now. So, like, what's your relationship to thinness and thin people, like, in your audience, on the podcast, in your comedy, all of that kind of stuff? Like, how do you handle that kind of stuff? I tend toward more of the hand-holding that you were talking about earlier. I'm bad at I'm bad at hand holding anyone. I'm very yeah. bad at hand. I don't have. It's a weird thing with my comedy and the podcast. I guess I think. Well, people have a tendency to think that I, <laughs> I'm really nice, <laughs> I, because I do a, I do a lot. I try to do a lot to make sure that my audience feel good, and you know I'm not. You know I never shout at them, and I never pick on them, and. Um, my messages are always very pro, you know, whatever, marginalized people. But mm, I, I kind of have this, I tried to have this saying for a while where I was like, I will, f- I will die for your right to be safe. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll die for your safety, but I really don't want to, <laughs> I really don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I, I and I do like most of these people are really cool, and most of these people are, are amazing. Most of these people are wonderful, and I'm I'm constantly surprised. You know, I did a whole show about um, hating nightclubs and hating parties, and after the show, this uh, woman walked up to me and she was dressed in like she was about to go to a nightclub. You know, mm-hmm. high heels and short skirt and she, lots of makeup. And she's, she walked, and I thought, oh shit, she's she's offended. She's offended now. And she walked up and she said, oh my god, that really resonated with me. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? Yeah. What? How? What is what is that your pajamas? Like, what's happening? Um. So most of the people I do love, it's the people who are, um, it's the people who don't get it. Like I had someone. There's a few. Like the worst kind of white feminists, I still have quite a lot of followers who, who just you know pussy hats. For a long time, there was a lot of pussy hats in my audience, being like, "Look at my pussy hat!" I'm like, "That is horrible." <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's very, not very wrong. Helping, it's not very helping. wrong. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want to have the audience where you look out and it's just a bunch of pussy hats. You're like, "Oh, I've done something wrong. <laughs> I've done something wrong in my career." Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think in general, I'm. I feel like I put on a lot of patience when I speak to my thin friends. Mm-hmm. Like there's an extra layer of patience I have to deal with when they start saying, "Oh, I I couldn't leave my house today because I have a pimple." I'm like, "Hmm. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, deeply traumatic. I don't know how you survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I can't imagine what that must be like." <laughs> I think there is this extra layer of also just taking care of their attention when I'm what I when I feel difficult which is just me existing when I have to be like guys where are we going though what I need to know what restaurant we're going to and then their attention of being like (gasps) it's just a lot of you just carry a lot of stuff right their stuff you carry their stuff I think that is tiring that's very yeah. tiring. It's super tiring. And also, like, you need to know, like, just logistically, right? Like, that's not a loaded question for for me when I ask it. It's just like, will I physically fit where we're going? If not, I'm happy to hold out on this one or find another place or whatever. Like, it's just, like, logistics. Like, who has a car? Who's driving? Right? Like, it's just, like, basic information. But I also but have... so loaded for them. Like, ooh. I have friends who... um who have made up allergies because they're actually on a diet, but they don't want to tell me they're on a diet. So they're like, Oh, you know, I can't have the potatoes because, um, uh, Oh, you, you know that, um, the, I have this allergy, this uh, thing with this certain types of food. I just, I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I'm potato intolerant. You know, those famous potato intolerances. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <sighs> cue so many people on the internet messaging me and being like it is a thing like ugh. Oh my <laughs> um, god. i'm trying to think about what oh my god someone called it something today oh my god i had the worst term for dieting 
I have to remember this because it was I screamed in my kitchen when I heard it. It, it was wasn't like, like cleanse or detox. Oh, no, it was I never heard of it. It was like I think it was like body recovery or something like that. I was like it was like on a podcast and I was like, wait, what? Because I was like, oh yeah, it's on my body recovery. Thing. And I was like, what's that? And then she went, oh, I mean, weight loss, but like, it's my body. It's not weight loss because it's body recovery. And I was like, oh, and I was just like cooking my dinner going, no, no. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> How many words for diets are there? It was also amazing. Like, if you were cooking while you heard someone else talking about their body recovery, does that mean you were in the midst of a relapse? <laughs> I mean, like if they're in recovery, uh-oh, you're eating again? No! Yeah. Oh, that's tricky. Do you feel like with your thin friends, so like there's this dynamic, right, of being the fat friend in a, fat, in a friend group. There's a bunch of stuff that comes along with that. In my personal experience, it comes with like doing a bunch of unreciprocated emotional support work right? That like, people are like, I can just dump all my feelings into you and you deal with them and you don't have shit to worry about. So I don't have to listen back. Bye. And they don't like mean to do that, but it's a thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a cultural phenomenon. Right. And that there's also like all of the trauma that we were talking about earlier and all of the like cultural scripts that they've learned around fatness and fat people. And there's more than that, right? Like there's more hard stuff about being friends with thin people than that. <laughs> but here we are. Um, do you feel like you have made inroads with thin friends? Do you feel like you have made progress with them and helped them? Like, oh, do you yeah. know thin people who've had breakthroughs? And like, what did that, what did that look like? And was there a thing that sparked that breakthrough? I, you know what, this is what made it happen. Hmm. I, and I never said this out loud, but I made a decision to never be friends with anyone who didn't agree with this. Like this is such, it's such a vital part of my life is understanding what I go through and understanding the system. And I'm just not friends with people who diet. I'm not friends with people who, you know, would say negative things about bodies in general. I'm just not friends with them. And I think I have friends who for like two years or so we barely spoke because I was just like, nah, not my friend anymore. So mm-hmm. like politely answer, but like, and I think they felt that. And I think, I don't know if it was a conscious thing, but then they, and I think that's why handholding doesn't always work. Cause I think within handholding, you are kind of projecting that you care or like that we will, mm-hmm. that we will, um, work on this with them you know like oh i'm gonna try real hard to make to include you and i think sometimes excluding works for some with some people going oh you know what you have those feelings and those thoughts have them i don't give a shit i'm gonna be this really cool fun party over here where we're all fat and loving each other and we are intelligent and we know about the world i think a lot of people will go oh wait hold on but I want to be part of that. Like that, if you don't care about me, then you must not need me. Then that, then that must be a really fun thing. And that's the only way you can get them on board. Yeah. I don't know how you, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. The reason that I ask is that I'm like, again, like historically my approach has been so much handholding three years later, which just to be clear and to contextualize is a drop in the bucket of like how long it takes for people to change their attitudes right it takes people decades lifetimes Mm. centuries right like it takes forever for people to change their to change their politics on any number of fronts so I'm like aware of that but I'm also like oh my god I'm getting the same emails now that I was getting three years ago right like I'm getting the same responses from people so I'm also like maybe I need to revisit my approach maybe there's another way of approaching this and so I've been like thinking a lot about that, like, I'm a big believer in, like, we have to have a plurality of approaches. We have to have a bunch of different ways of mm. attacking a problem as big and complex as this. I think it's, like, as important for people to be, like, whatever, burn down the diet center. <laughs> like, not literally, but, like, have that attitude and say that outright. Um, as it is to have people do some hand-holding. As it is to have people have these kinds of, like, unfettered conversations. Like, every once in a while, 
during this conversation, I've been like, oh shit, we're talking about thin people the way that you and I would talk about thin people if no one else was listening. But a lot of thin people are going to be listening. Uh-oh. And I'm like, you know what though? This is actually like really important for them to hear. Um, and I'm like, so I'm just reconsidering like how much am I like helping people along and helping them learn? And how much am I buffering them from understanding like there is no handholding in being a fat person, right? Like no one's like, oh, this must be hard for you as a fat person. Like you are in it by yourself. And if you get a response, it's someone being like, well, if you don't like it, just lose weight. Or you brought it on yourself. So you thought about, you should have thought about that before you got so fat, like, right? Like there's zero sympathy. There is zero handholding. And so you just have to kind of figure out how to sink or swim. And like, I also don't think that's quite the right approach for me personally, but I just have been thinking a lot about. Yeah. Well, I, I think I've spent most of my life being very careful not to hurt people. And, you know, I was the kid who did everyone's homework I was really fucking good at it. Like that's why I enjoyed doing it. <laughs> you know, I would do everyone's homework. Mm-hmm. You know, I would never say no. You know, I would just like, you know, I wouldn't go to parties because what if they didn't mean it when they invited me? And you know, like it was so, so careful. And you know, you know, like childhood trauma was also about you know just existing for other people. And and now I'm like, oh, I'm just I can't be bothered. You know, yeah. I can't be bothered the conversations. I can't. I can't contain, you know, like when, when I've been in one of those like huge trolling storms, you know, when you're just like a hundred tweets a minute telling you to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. I had a thin friend who, a man who, (laughs) who was like, Oh my God, I got this tweet and it was horrible. And the tweet had said something like, hello, I don't particularly enjoy your comedy, but I wish you all the best. And he was like, I just don't know what to do. This is horrible. And I sent him screenshots of like a million tweets. And he was like, yeah, oh, that, that sucks. But I just don't know what to do with this tweet. And I was like, I'm just not, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing it. I don't have the patience. I don't have the, Yeah. I just, I just don't care anymore, you know? Yeah. But, but, but yeah. the work you do is so important. And the work I do is important because we know what it's all leading up to. It's leading up to like someone like, Channing Tatum is going to come out and be like, hey, I think it's okay to be fat. And then suddenly people are going to be like, oh my God, that guy has a point. And then all of our work will just be forgotten forever. Yeah. Someone who's thin and conventionally attractive is going to be like, hey, wait a minute, guys. What if fat people were cool? And they'll be like, whatever. Fat people are okay, I guess. Suddenly. Yeah. No, you're right. That's all we're waiting for. I also just think like to that point about like, Oh my God. Like, there's so many things wrong with the story you just told me. I'm like, go talk to any other thin person. Go talk to another dude. You'll get plenty of sympathy. Why are you going to a fat person? <laughs> to get like, what? Why? Uh, and I think what people don't understand, like, I don't know if you get this, but I get a fair amount of like, hey, if you can't hack it, toughen up. You got to have a thicker skin than this. And I'm like, I don't think you understand that like, whether I'm on the internet or literally just like walking down the street of my hometown, being fat is like having a parade of people following you at all times being like, you're disgusting. You're going to die. It's going to be your own fault. Right? Like that there is this never ending. Like when I say daily, that sounds hyperbolic to thin people. And I promise it is not right. That like every day someone says something to me about, how I'm going to get sick, how I'm going to die. It doesn't matter if I'm on the internet or if I'm just like living my life, like it's happening either way. And like, I don't think thin people, most thin people have had to grapple with that in a real way and be like, you're actually part of this Greek chorus of like haunting voices, right? Like just following me everywhere. And I don't think folks have had to grapple with like, what would it mean to be on the receiving end of that all day, every day? And it sounds like that dude was just like, couldn't even give it a thought. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but my thing, like, oh, I don't know. Because if you, if you start telling them about it, then you're a mood killer. Then you ruin the, yeah. then you ruin the mood. If you're like, oh, I get a lot of, they're like, oh, 
oh, here you go again with all, oh, that's a bit, that's really dark. And oh, I just, you know, people go, oh, that's, oh, that's really bad. You know, they yeah. can't even, con- and so um, back to Kievan. Yes. Uh, so I, <laughs> when, I, when I started writing the book, um, I had this idea. That, <laughs> I mean, I can hear it now, how bad of an idea it was. But <laughs> I was going to start the book talk and this is very uh, trigger warning trigger warning horrible stuff is about to come up um i was going to start the book by writing about is i went into like a very defensive mode and i was like people are going to think this isn't important so i'm going to start by letting them know why why I sh- i'm even writing this book and so i was going to talk about basically uh, bullying and children dying mm-hmm. um from okay. bullying and being killed or committing suicide so I had written this really dark beginning, which was basically just like a bunch of stories and a bunch of statistics about these kids. And Kevin helped me with the book, did a lot of research. And Kevin found um, uh, all these stories for me, and it was a very dark time for both of us. And he, um, he said, you know, uh, these kids were just the canaries in the coal mine. You know, they were just the ones who didn't make it. We are the ones who have to live with uh, black lung for the rest of our lives. Like we... We made it, like we survived this. That's why I've, uh, my book is dedicated yeah. to the canaries in the coal mine. That's to those kids. Um, so there's oh. the, 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 the idea that one of the stereotypes about fat people is that we're weak is so yeah. strange because I don't know any thin people who could survive a day like this without yeah. the decades of building up to it. You know, yeah. like it is so, and we're still meant to be jolly and happy. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, we're fucking geniuses. Like we're the strongest <laughs> people in the world. Like being this, like fuck that. Yeah. I mean, like I would say, I would also go so far as to say, this has been on my mind lately, like emotionally when people are like toughen up, I'm like, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. I was, oh, this is another funny one. I was crossing the street downtown in my hometown. And uh, this guy was in his car at the stoplight. And he just leaned, he rolled down his window and leaned out his window to yell. I was the only pedestrian. I was the only person around. He yelled, I would not fuck you. I literally have a joke about this because it happens so many times. Really? Yeah. So I just was like, I didn't know what to, like, I sort of like, behind me at that point, I was sort of looking around, like, where did this weird disembodied voice come from? So I like, didn't even see his face before I was just like, okay. Like, I just yelled back, all right. Like, I don't generally sleep with dudes anyway, so... Goodbye. I don't write down your number plates just so that I don't make this mistake again. (laughs) I was also like, what does he think? Like I I had not seen him. Did he think he was going to break my heart? Like, what is this? But like, that's the kind of shit where I'm like, there are so many thin people I know who that would wreck them for months if not years, like that one experience. And I'm like, well, it's Tuesday. (laughs) I don't think like you just have to figure out how to get back up and dust yourself off without really any emotional support. And that's not ideal, of course, but like you figure it out, right? Like you figure it out. Tell me your joke about that. Oh, it was happened to you more than once. First. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) But I think my joke lies about the, um, the way they say it because it's almost like they're, they're scared yeah like hey 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 <laughs> want to make it absolutely clear <laughs> as if in my joke i say something like as if we're and this never works i'm just going to tell you and not use it again <laughs> as if as if you know like in the american films where um like a werewolf jumps up on a car like ah like this i always i feel like that's how they see us and we're going to be like yes you will <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. I was never gonna like have you ever tried (laughs) the best feeling in the world is being in a bar with a friend yeah and then it's like last rounds so they've rung the bell and the bar's about to close and there's this one hot guy Uh who's like hasn't 
hasn't found someone to fuck. So he's like desperately looking around and he's been rejected by all the hot girls. And then he sees you and he's like, ding, 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 ding. And he's like, this'll do. This is going to be easy. So he just like, he doesn't even put in effort. He just like wobbles up and he's like, hey, what do you do? Like, he doesn't even care. He just knows we're going to be like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. Where's your car? You know? And the best feeling in the world is rejecting him. Going, excuse me, we're just talking. Because he cannot comprehend that the fat girl doesn't want to fuck him. Yeah. Like, he's like, but, but, you know, you can see it in his eyes. They just go, but I am beautiful. (laughs) You would would be lucky. (laughs) Totally. That's also when, like, I don't, so that same thing has happened to me. Oh, so many times. And the rejoinder then from those dudes is just like, fat bitch. Right, like that's when they like get insulting, and I'm like, "You're the one who just hit on me. You don't get to be like, you're gross." I'm like, "It was like ten seconds ago that you were very into what's happening here." Oh, the 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 worst one was this is this was a colleague. We were we were all very very drunk at this party. There's been a free bar, and um, and he kind of called me over, and he was really drunk, and he said, um. I just, I just, uh, I can't believe I met my fiance before I met you. I just really fancy you. And oh God, I got really jealous when you made out with that other guy. Like this, oh, this whole like love declaration. And I was like, oh my God. Um, ah, uh, sorry. I don't, I mean, you're, you're sweet. Uh, you know, I got really awkward and I was like, no, I mean, maybe we could have fun together, but like, I don't, I mean, life is what it is and I'm going to go home now. And then he didn't speak to me for a few weeks. And I was like, that makes sense. He's been rejected. You know, that that sucks. Yeah. And then when we finally spoke, he said, Sophie, I heard what you said that night. I just want you to know that I don't feel the same way about you. Um, I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, you said you were in up with me. He was like, no, no, that's not what happened. No. That, and it was like he couldn't comprehend that it could possibly be that way around. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to make it very clear <laughs> who rejected who. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's not unlike that family member, right? My mm. family member where it's just like, oh, you don't have any place in your brain for, for understanding what my actual interests are and what I want out of this interaction. So you have just completely rewritten it. Like, it's like, I don't know, uh, like RoboCops, like dossier. You're just like, <laughs> Here's what actually happened. <laughs> like, yeah. Ridiculous. So here's my question for you. Do you have dating screening questions? Like, are there things, so like if you're thinking about dating someone or if someone's interested in you or you're on a first date, right? How do you, like, do you and how do you test for someone's fat politics? Well, I don't, I barely date really so when when anyone is like an option (laughs) i would already know them but we do have this i mean my the friends in my the fat people in my social group (laughs) we do have a thing of and it's not even something we've talked about it just happened we let each other know if someone's dating a fat person we'll be like oh hey you know that guy's ex-girlfriend was fat we'll be like really oh so he so he's okay with that Oh, and then it's almost like we're queuing up to be like, uh-huh, okay, well, well he's single. <laughs> we're all there going, oh, hi, how are you? <laughs> I, hear, I hear you don't mind this. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Uh, I don't have a good system. Like, <laughs> so I have a bunch of screening questions and then like none of them work. Like none of them work. So one of them is the big one that like 90% of people don't. <laughs> make it past if I'm real honest is uh my question will just be have you ever dated a fat woman before Mm. and it's not there's not a right yes or no answer I'm not like oh if you haven't I'm not gonna break you in like it's not like that right (laughs) like it's like uh uh if people fall all over themselves to be like you're not fat I would never say that about you I'm like oh cool this isn't gonna work do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. feels like such a tell where I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to do so much work Yeah, yeah, yeah. on this person that may or may not ever pay off in terms of their ability to like hear me, talk to me like a person, acknowledge my body, express, they won't be able to express desire for my body. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're going to have so many hangups if they can't just handle me being like, I'm fat. Yeah. You know, before That one works okay, but it also freaks people out so much. And they're very aware that they're like being tested. Right? <laughs> like, so it also is just like, that's not how, this isn't like a high stakes job interview. <laughs> like, I don't need to do that to people. That's not how I want to be in a relationship. But I haven't figured out, and I don't know that there is an effective way of figuring out. Like, You know what? The people that I have had any yeah. kind of thing with that has been positive, like if they know enough, if they know the right amount that they need to know to be able to date a fat person, they will also know that they need to make us aware that they're okay. You know, so they will be the people I've had positive relations with like that romantic or sexual have like you know we've been a bit friendly with each other then they've sent like an article a Mm. good feminist article and they've gone oh have you read this i thought you might be into it or this is really interesting or they'll pick up something i've written and go that's really good i really like this to kind of let me know that they get it but then i go into the other thing of once we're getting intimate enough i suddenly go is this a fetish? Is it a fetish? Is that what this is? is it, what yeah. is this? What is it? Explain yourself. Why did you touch my stomach? Is it a fetish? And they're like, um, what? what? No, why? <laughs> why are you suddenly angry? And I'm like, yeah, good point. Trauma. Trauma is the answer. Are there ways, so like, this is another thing that um, has been on my mind lately. Like, that's one of those cases where like internalized anti-fatness just like jumps out. You're like, everything's cool. And then you're like, ah, here it is. It's a monster <laughs> under the bed. Like, ah, <laughs> um, I've been thinking a lot about the ways in which that kind of internalized set of social expectations, right. Um, that start outside and sort of seep in over time to, to all of us, especially as fat people leads me personally to like, take myself out of the game, be like, Oh, this isn't even possible for me. Cause I'm a fat person. I know intellectually that that's bullshit. (laughs) And also it's so, it runs so deep, right? Like, and it's so ubiquitous culturally that it's hard for me to think about like, what would it look like if, I don't know, I'm not an actor, but like if I started auditioning for roles or whatever, like that kind of thing, like, are there ways that you notice that in yourself? Do you see it? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm, Yeah. I had a friend once who, uh, thin ofs, who, uh, who said, I just, uh, can you help me? It's just, I don't know what to do when you get too many matches on Tinder. And I was like, do you not know that that's not even my, that's not even my, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> what are you? Anyway, so, oh, I want to ask you this. Um, we talked for so long and it's amazing. Yes. So this question I always ask. And uh, the question is, what question would you most want for me to ask you? And I'm going to be particularly interested in if it's going to be to do with fat or if perhaps you're eager to talk about something else for once. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe you're like, oh, maybe I want to talk about cricket. I don't know. Weird example. Um, Yeah. That's a what yeah. question do you want for me to ask you? That's a great question. And it's rare that I feel. So like, I've listened to the podcast enough to know that this is coming. And I also gave it <laughs> zero thought. Uh, and now that I'm in the moment, I'm like, this is very uncomfortably vulnerable. <laughs> uh, I think... I do want to talk about things other than being fat. So like one of them is just like, what's your favorite trash movie? Right? Like, just like something like that. Like what's your favorite comfort TV or whatever. The other thing that I feel like we don't get to talk about nearly enough is like, what's the adaptive value of being fat? Like what are the upsides of being a fat person? That's a conversation we don't get to have very often. I feel like, you know, we end up talking about like the trauma and the tragedy and all of that. But like, there's also this flip side where I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't have to deal with jerks. 
right? Like, <laughs> I don't actually have to deal with, like, people reveal their character to you very quickly as a fat person, right? Like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but there are, like, all kinds of people who, like, I will be hanging out with a group of friends and they'll be like, oh, I love this person. They're super cool. And then they'll show up and just like do something massive, like tell some big story about how they like went on a blind date and like this chick was fat. And I'm like, Oh, everyone was cool with this guy. Awesome. She tricked me. Like what? <laughs> so like that is a side of the conversation that I feel like we don't get to have as much. Do you, is it's- that, yeah. yeah, I have a, I, every single time my thin, beautiful friends, and I'm, I don't mean that the conventional beautiful, not that I don't think we're beautiful. Yeah. Society just doesn't. Um, sure. Whenever they start dating someone who's equally conventionally beautiful, I get, I, it's a burning question in my head. I so want to say, do you think he would date a fat person? And if not, are you okay with that? Yeah. Like, how can you not, you know, because you'll never know. You'll never know if he would. Yeah. It's just in my head. I'm like, I bet you this guy wouldn't. I bet yeah. you he would never. And I, it's, it's the same thing. There's like gratefulness of, you know, like you must get this question a lot when people say, um, well, wouldn't you rather be thin? Like you'd rather be thin. Of course you would rather be thin. And you're like, I mean, in a way, life would be easier. You know, I would be less harassed. You know, I could fucking not, not be anxious about plane seats, et cetera. But at the same time, I wouldn't have that superpower of knowing who the true pieces of shit were. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that's true. Also, we don't have to be afraid of being fat. We don't have to be afraid of becoming fat. Imagine having that in your head all the time. Shit, what if I get fat? What if I get fat? What if I get fat? We're like, ah, already then. It's it's all right, actually. (laughs) Totally. And I have like the emotional strength to get through that. I have the physical strength to get through that. I know who my friends are, right? Like everything that could possibly happen. That's like terrible and terrifying to thin people like fat boogeymen. That's what we are. Right? <laughs> like has already happened to us. And it's like, you know, what is true is like, there's a lot of hard shit to deal with about being fat. That said, I have a pretty sweet life. Like I have phenomenal friends. I date fantastic people. Like all of this gets to coexist. And then I still deal with that guy yelling, I would not fuck you from a passing car. Right. Like, and like you actually learn to find the humor in that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, it's not, it's not sort of all or nothing. There are ways in which I'm like, oof, then this seems real rough to be haunted by becoming me. Seems like it's gotta be a lot to hold. (laughs) also the community i appreciate the community so much i mean if i hadn't been fat i never would have met you or keevan or you know totally really cool people and like there's something about that community that allows you to put words to things that have felt wrong Mm. right and ways in which you felt at least for me and ways in which i felt isolated or disconnected or haven't seen myself reflected right like I almost take it for granted as a queer person that there will be other queer people to talk to to be like man straight people are doing some weird straight shit (laughs) right and that's long been there for me in my life that has that's a very recent arrival for me on fat stuff to have people to go to and be like hey is this a weird thin thing (laughs) is this a fat thing I don't know we've bounced (laughs) off each other right like those are conversations like as fat people we are not supposed to see ourselves as fat. We're supposed to see ourselves as temporarily fat. We're supposed Mm. to see ourselves as like the most shameful version of ourselves that has yet to blossom. Right. So the idea of building community around something that's supposed to be temporary is like a very risky thing. And there's something really wonderful about being like, we're all fat. Maybe we'll get thinner. Most of us won't. Like, what does it mean to build a community around this thing that's supposed to be so terrible that you can't even acknowledge that it might be a long-term thing for you? That, yeah, that's totally that's right. That's really interesting. Yeah. Before I ask you the last question, I want to ask you about yeah. vulnerability mm-hmm. and your relationship with vulnerability. What about it? <laughs> that's a big, that's a real big topic. 
Yeah. I think that answers everything. You're like, what? <laughs> what? Why? 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 I don't trust it. <laughs> well, there's the thing about. Well, you said it before. You said this feels terrifyingly vulnerable, mm-hmm. and I think I'm working on it a lot because I'm fighting vulnerability a lot, and I bet that a lot of that is about always having to have a guard up, you know, mm-hmm. even the trust thing, you know, uh, Stephanie Yeboa, who's a, she's a mm-hmm. fat plus size blogger in the UK. She put out a yeah. thing about how she'd gone on a date with this guy and she'd like tweeted about it. And then a few weeks later, she never heard back from him after that date. And a few weeks later, this guy was like, sorry, it was a dare. You know, we like dared our friend to date her. And that, I was like, that is just, that's not even like a troll. That's like yeah. a date. Like you meet the person, you look them in the eyes yeah. and you still can't trust that it's not a prank. Yeah. So I think with fatness, I think it's only natural to build up a layer of you will not touch me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess is that something that resonates with you? Is it something you have worked on is it something that isn't an issue or is it something you wish you didn't have to have yeah so that's that's helpful thank you (laughs) for the (laughs) clarification because i'm like ah vulnerability that's so much um so i will say similarly to stephanie but a slightly different version of that happened to me uh, when I went away to college, um, I moved across the country, 3,000 miles away, uh, and was new in town and went to this bar. And this guy started talking to me, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know anyone. He was like, don't you want to hang out? Like, let's hang out sometime. And I was like, sure, let's do it. Right? Like, we sort of went back and forth, and I was nervous about it, but I was like, I don't know. I don't have any reason to doubt this guy. I was also 21. So different levels of life experience. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I wrote down my number and he was like, great, I'll give you a call. And then walked across the bar to a big group of dudes and started laughing and high-fiving. And I was like, oh, cool. That's what this is. Yeah. So like my relationship with, I feel like I have pretty good checks for friends, right? Like I have pretty good ways of being like screening through people. And again, they reveal themselves very quickly. Um, I have pretty good checks for um, people to hook up with. Uh, I, uncomfortably vulnerable. Um, (laughs) I really struggle with accepting affection because there is a part of my brain, right? Like getting to loving, committed relationship place. There's always some echo of that guy in the bar. There's always some echo of the guy yelling, I would not fuck you. Like it's funny and it's not right. (laughs) Both that there is always, there's such a mountain of, shitty things that people have willingly knowingly done to me and to other fat people that I'm always just like, is this the long con, (laughs) right? Like, is this, has this person been running some elaborate scheme of like, like in one case I was like, we've been dating for two years and I don't trust it. Like, what do I need? I don't know, but truly people have done crueler things to fat people than date them for two years only to be like aha jokes on you somehow right like so that yeah that part's challenging how about for you what's your what's your relationship to that kind of vulnerability um i think yeah i think it's sort of similar and Mm. i think i think i would in that two that two-year relationship like I, I believe that you know there are people I've dated that I believe one hundred percent when they say that they are attracted to me and they love me and they want to be with me forever, all of that. But a part of my brain will always go, yeah. But mm-hmm. if a thin person came 
that like if if it was me but thin you would yeah. choose her yeah and that can just not because it one thing is it's i think it's such a it's such a weird uh complex this whole thing of like we need to we keep telling ourselves there are people who want us of course there are people who like fat people we know that we can see that you know it's not like every fat person in the world is alone we know that we've slept with people like that we've you know we are people like that you know but we also know that everyone in the world have been raised with fat phobia mm-hmm. so it's this difficult thing of going there are people who want us mm-hmm. But even those people have been fed the same messages. Yeah. And they and then there's the people who want us and then the people who want us who are willing to stand by that. Like one of the worst things I um I, when I first started talking about fatness, a colleague of mine came up to me and said, Oh my god, I, I just when I read that article, oh, it just really touched she was then it just really touched me because I'm so in love with this guy. Like he's like the love of my life, but he's fat, so I could just never be with him. So I just really felt what you wrote, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, and I said it. I said it to her. I was like, "You're you're a bad person. You're a really bad person." I get it. I totally get where you're coming from, but that is rank. Like that is that's disgusting, and I'm sort of happy for that person that you're not with them because that is really shitty. And I don't know what happened with them. She's now with someone who's thin. Uh, but that is there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like, it's part of why representation matters so much, right? God, yeah. We have so many like movies like Norbit, like Shallow Hal, right? Like there are yeah. so many horrendous movies, even more recently, like, isn't it romantic? And what's the Amy Schumer one? I, uh, I feel pretty. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's right. I feel pretty where it's like, you have to have head trauma to believe that you can be loved. Someone has to knock you out with a hammer to find you attractive. Like what? Like it's, there's no, any stories that involve fat people and love involve heartbreak or like brain injuries (laughs) like those are the only ways that fat people can be seen as lovable and the idea that that doesn't get to all of us on some level fat and thin is ridiculous so like of course we have these hesitations because there is no there's no fat version of the bachelor (laughs) right like there's no fairy tale ending for a fat person there's no we're together and we're happy and we broke up for reasons other than me being fat and disgusting. Right? Like there's no room for that kind of conversation. So like, of course you and I have these kinds of doubts. Of course that person you were talking about was like, well, I can never be with him. And also God damn it. We have to figure out how to break out of this. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Do, you, do you have a, do you have an answer? <laughs> Do you have a solution? Sure don't. Sure, sure don't, Sylvie. Oh, well, this is all for nothing. God damn God it. Damn it. <laughs> I want to ask you um, the last question. Oh, uh-oh. So this is going to be fun because I'm not going to be able to say your name. Mm-hmm. But you were born once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you are now in the delivery room. And you're holding teeny tiny anonymous baby in your arms. Just probably, like a masked baby. Yeah, yeah. a little uh, b- b- cover on it. And, um, <laughs> and she's crying and crying because she's very, very scared because there's lights and sounds everywhere. And that wasn't there in the womb, so this is all very scary. And you know what the next 35 years of her life is going to be like. You know it's going to be terrifying. It's going to be lots of lights and sounds, but it won't be lights and sounds. It'll be men shouting i don't want to fuck you from cars and it'll be abuse it'll be that guy when you're 21 there's going to be so much trauma and she's terrified mm-hmm. so what you now holding teeny tiny you what would you say to you cannot give yourself advice because that won't work she will forget everything in a bit but you can comfort her for a bit so what would you say to teeny tiny baby you 
Uh, I would say people are going to hurt you a lot and you're going to be fine. I don't think, certainly as a kid, I didn't see a path out of life as a fat person. I was just like, oh my God, I'm just going to keep taking on this like Sisyphean task of rolling the same fucking boulder up the same fucking hill and having it roll back down every day. That's the rest of my life is just in this hamster wheel <laughs> of bullshit. Uh, and I will never get there. And what I have found is you can actually just walk away from the boulder and people will get mad at you for that. They'll have their feelings and you will still be fine. And you might actually be, not you might actually be, you will be better for leaving that useless task behind you. Have you said what you would say to you? Is that a thing you've said on the, on the podcast? No, I haven't I said it I've yet. It. I haven't said it yet. I always deflect. <laughs> oh. like, for, like for example by saying thank you so much for doing this <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right i respect can, your wishes <laughs> why, can people, why can people find you well you're anonymous so you are on medium tell them about all of your handles on all of the social media yes i am at your fat friend yr fat friend um on instagram facebook and twitter and I'm at your fat friend, Y-O-U-R, <laughs> just to make it confusing, dot com, mm-hmm. um, uh, for all of my writing. And like, I have to tell you, this is like a complete and total joy. I could genuinely do this all day. So much fun to talk to you. It's amazing. We should do a part. Well, I, this is gonna, definitely going to be a two part. So we should do I was a part. Say, we <laughs> for a real long time. <laughs> um, yeah, I love talking to you. This is just, it feels like therapy. Back at you, bud. (laughs) It's just a delight. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that. I hope you liked it. I think I rambled too much in the beginning. So uh, still at the station. Still at the wrong station. Still the wrong time. So instead I will say uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being amazing supporters and amazing listeners. I really appreciate it. It helps me a lot in situations like this where I feel... Like I'm uh, just a, a bit of a, just a jerk and I'm doing things wrong and I'm happy to know that there's a lot of people who can super relate to that. And uh, maybe a lot of other people are standing in this very same station thinking, oh fuck. So, yeah. Sure. How very uh, 1984, isn't it? So, I say that as if I'm clever. I've never read it. I just assume, I just assume. Listen, don't judge me. It's been a very long day already and it's only about 2.30 which is what, what's that again yeah the wrong time so uh, thank you for your support if you want to be a patron go to patreon.com forward slash mopad m-o-h-p-d and give whatever you feel like you can afford whatever you feel like it's worth to you per episode it means a whole lot now the thing is i'm standing in the station i don't have a list of the patrons but as far as i know there has been no new patrons since the last episode came out, which is like yesterday at this point. So, Dave, is there any chance... That's my producer, Dave. Hello, Dave. Is there any chance you can... Uh, and do keep this in so people know what's happening. <laughs> is there any chance you can edit in me reading the names from last <laughs> from last episode? Because <laughs> uh, I don't know where they are. I mean, I could sort of remember a lot of them. Kathy Draxelbauer, that's a classic. There's Lillian Harry French. There's the three Rachels. There's now three Sarahs. This is Susie Tyler. And there's a, um, there's the French name Pierre Fineux. Oh, there's Claire, Claire McCowlin and Kat Post. I mean, this isn't working out. I'll forget this. People, please edit in the names from last week, Dave. Andrea Papillon, Andy Walker, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin, Kat Posse, Claire McCowan, Connor O'Donovan, Danny Beckett, Daniel Reifersheet, Daphne Fanger, Eleanor, uh, Emma Appleton, Emma Chan, that's two Emmas, exactly one Lily, 0.7 Harry, the middle third of an Ustrep Topundulus, Fenelodon, Privacy, Sorus, 
Aurora Roteratops, Fiona Richardson, George Pearson, Harold Van Dyke, Harry Minnett, Helena Thomas, Ida Søgaard Larsen, Inger Ellingsen, Janie Mahoney, Joe C., Kathy Draxelbauer, Katie Hatfield, Katrine Engelsen, Kim Williams, Kirsten Davidson, Queen T., Maury Fraser, Mansour Mir, Marbles Lost, Olivia Robson, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Pierre Fenneux, Rachel Hemsley, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, that's the three Rachels, Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Cavill, Rosie Evans, Russell Hughes, Sarah Farah Eikerson, Sarah Ellett, and Sarah Plumer, Sheena Machette Cole, and Susie Tyler. Oh, and then I'm going to try and remember the thing I always say at the end. Uh, big thank you to Dave Pickering, who's my amazing producer, to <laughs> Linda Brinkhouse, who did the logo, and to Harriet Brain, who's done the jingles, and to the guest for being part of it. Um, <laughs> oh god, who else do I have to thank? Oh my god, if I'm forgetting someone, just uh, <sighs> I don't know, I don't know, people. This has been a mess, an absolute mess of an episode, but uh, also a really human one. And you know what? We're all made <laughs> of human. Thank you very much. I will speak to you next week. A goodbye. Oh,